If you know in your gut and in your heart that what you have to offer is good and can help people, you just have to, you just have to go, <laughs> like just go. And don't worry about, you know, if it's going to work, if it's not, like you just have to go and see what happens and then learn. Every single day is a learning curve and a work in progress and just keep going. Welcome to CEO School. We are your hosts, Sunir Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. Lainey, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is like dream come true. Stop. Stop. Okay. If you guys don't know Lainey, she is an incredible food blogger, Instagrammer. She makes really easy, approachable recipes and is the queen of 90s hip hop, which I can personally relate to on so many levels. What a compliment. Queen of 90s hip hop. I might change that in my Instagram profile. I do writing Instagram bios is a thing I really enjoy doing. So if you need any help, you let me know. Awesome. I love it. So I want to jump in today and just start with how did you get started as a food blogger? Like how did this become your business? So I was a teacher. I was an elementary school teacher. And at the time, um, I had just my oldest daughter. So she was about nine months old and I was teaching and I was already, you know, already loved to cook, already was like you know, going on the internet and searching for recipes, what to make for dinner. And I came across what was a food blog at the time. I had no idea. I had never heard of the word blog. Didn't know what this uh, this was 2012. 2012. Okay. You hadn't heard of a blog in 2012, Lainey? I don't think so. Okay. All right. (laughs) Or certainly not a food blog. Like I I was not one to be like reading blogs. Like maybe I'd heard it, but I didn't know that it was like a job, I guess. Yeah. More in that. So I came across this blog, this food blog, and I was like, what is this? This person is taking pictures of her food and beautiful pictures and posting it on her website. And this seems to be her job. And I was like, I turned to the teacher who was sitting next to me and I was like, I want to do that. And she was like, okay. Cause I was already like posting pictures on Facebook of my food. Like I didn't know what I was just for fun. Yeah. And, um, I remember that moment of being like, I want to do that. I don't even know what that means, but that's such a cool job. Like, I want that. What was the Um, response from everybody? I mean, the teacher next to you, what did Zach say? Like, do you feel like you went home and you're like, okay, this is my, I'm going to game plan this. No, I just kind of like, like my friend who was sitting next to me, she was like, do it. Like, I don't think she thought I was serious. Um, And I didn't even know if I was serious, but I started to look into it and realize that this was a thing and realize that there were hundreds, if not thousands of food blogs out there. And a lot of them were not that beautiful and a handful were. And I was like, I want to be like a beautiful food blog. Like that was, that was my goal. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, And then I continued teaching for the year. Then I had my second child and it was kind of like, all right, am I going to go back to work? Or am I going to try this food blog thing? Were you posting recipes this whole time You were, as you're nope. working? No. Just nope. an idea in the um, back of your head for a whole year. Just, 
Yep. Just an idea. I actually started talking uh, with an old good friend of mine from high school. We started talking about it. She lives on the East Coast and we were like, let's do this together because we were like too afraid and had no idea how to do it alone. And we actually started like backlogging recipes. We like got a WordPress site and came up with a name and actually started doing it together. Um, and then once I had Ava, my second daughter, once she was about six months old, I was like, I'm going to go live with this. I want to give it a go. And my friend at the time was like, I really, really want to, but I can't not work. Like I have to work and like, I can't do it. She was like, but go for it. And I was like, okay, here I go. Wait, and this is it. fascinating to me. I, this, knowing what I know about you, this doesn't surprise me at all, but I had no idea that you planned it for so long. So do you feel like it was by the time you were ready to make the decision, you feel like you had all these recipes backlogged and ready to go? And it like, did it feel risky at the time? Did it feel like, what was going on in your head? Um, it didn't necessarily feel risky because not everyone had the luxury that I had in terms of not having to go to work and make money for a couple of years. Like I had saved some money and I had two kids under the age of two. So I was staying home full time. I was a full time mom. Um, and it was kind of like the conversation with uh, my husband and I was like, all right, give this a go. And if in two years, we kind of like set like a two year limit. If in two years, this is heading in the right direction. You don't have to be making so much money in two years, but if it's heading in that direction, it seems to be something, then you know we'll keep going. If not, then you may need to reconsider and like go get a job, like go back to teaching or something. So I didn't feel pressure to make so much money when I first started, which was great and super helpful. Um, and for whatever reason, when I started it, I just, I just knew that I could be successful. I didn't even know. It wasn't even like, okay, I'm going to make so much money from this. I just knew that I could help people. I knew my mission was to literally, I mean, from the very beginning, it was to like get people back in the kitchen and to instill confidence in them. That's, that's been my thing from the very beginning. So I, I knew that like I just like believed in it and I just yeah went with it and like that's so smart I too I feel like I've heard this from a lot of entrepreneurs that they gave themselves this timeline of okay mm -hmm. this is like my trial period and when you do that it's not I'm either going to make it or I'm not you're giving yourself a really reasonable amount of time and the yeah. alternative was what you know going back to work and hire you know I've been in that same shoes you hire a nanny which costs about the same as what you're making yep. at your job and so yep. for you it was kind of like okay this is a time where I'm going to be at home anyway let's kind of just see what I can make of it and something I'm passionate about and yep. you seem to kind of have the attitude that well if other people are doing it I can do it too there's a lot of opportunity here and I feel like that's exactly. something you still are really true to. Mm -hmm. um, what was the moment that you realized like, wait, wait a minute, not only can I match my salary, do something I'm passionate about, but I can make good money off of this? Honestly, not till recently. I think there's a lot of people who, um, it, you know, they have the story of like, it took me a year and a half or two years, maybe three years max to really feel like, okay, I can really make a lot of money doing this. I don't feel like I really hit that point until kind of like right before you and I started working together. So at least three and a half to four years in, I, I was making enough to be like, okay, this is like, I'm making worth some money here. Yeah. Worth yeah. my time. It's a job. But it, it's a job and it works. And I don't have like, 
I don't have to go back to teaching. Yes, I can still be a mom. Um, But it wasn't until the last year and a half or so that I kind of shifted to more of like a business mindset and like, oh, this can like, we're going to like buy a house. Like I'm going to buy my dream kitchen. Like it's all, it's all going to happen. And that didn't happen for me until maybe 18 months ago. That's really, I think, inspiring for a lot of people listening because I think there is this conception that this perception that it happens quickly and, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to take six months to get it off the ground and then a year to really be successful. But you're, you're telling me it was like five years of it being a salary job. Is that about mm-hmm. the right time, right? Before you really realized, okay, this is actually something that I could turn into a scalable business. Yeah. And with me uh, in the beginning, it's not like I was I was not staying up all hours of the night working on it. Like it was part-time for me in the beginning. I did what I could. I didn't go all in right when I started. Um, So it was definitely a slower like snowball effect for me. Um, I feel like now (laughs) I'm working seven days a week all the time, but not in the beginning. Well, now you catch the vision of what it can be. Yes. See, like got that fire lit underneath you. What yes. changed for you? What do you feel like was the moment that made you realize that actually there's so much potential here and it's not just about, you know, getting Instagram followers and ad revenue, which is basically the the blog model you were using before, right? So mm-hmm. what made you want to launch your own products? What made you want to take this from a blog to a business? You know, when when I first started, so five and a half years ago, um, the industry was, was much different. People took pictures of their food, posted them to their blog, posted the picture on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And that was it. There was no video. There was no Instagram stories. There was no Snapchat. Like none of that existed. So it was a different business and it was, you could hide behind your camera. You could hide behind your blog. Like it wasn't just a different vision. And so once Snapchat happened and once Instagram stories came to life and there was really a way to, I was never a writer, like writing was not, that's not my passion. It was about sharing. It was really about teaching. Like still, I still feel to this day, like I have, I'm so lucky to do the job that I do because it's my two passions in one. I get to cook and eat and I get to teach people about food and about cooking. So it's like teaching and cooking together in one. It's like a match made in heaven for me. So It wasn't until the video component came through and I started to be able to really connect with people on Instagram stories and on Snapchat that I realized, hey, this is like a relationship. Like I have a relationship. Yeah, Yeah. there's people watching and not only watching, but I'm changing people's lives by showing them how to properly cut an avocado and like legit, like people's lives change from that. And that is like, it was then that I realized that this is this has so much more potential to really impact lives and the internet is such a, a wide space. Like this can really I can help, I can reach so many people. And it, it was like the video component that kind of like changed it for me. I just got chills. That's so cool. It is. It's so cool to think about. I mean, you have tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. I've seen what your DMs are like, the amount of people that you're able to help on a daily basis. I mean, it's it's it truly is exponential and it's it's really cool to witness. Um, I want to talk more about this video component because 
I'm hearing you talk about how this really changed the game for you and opened your potential, helped you to see that there's so many people out there to connect with and that you really do have opportunities outside of just sharing recipes. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting to me about that is I know, okay, let me back up. You are so fun on stories. You're always like dancing in your kitchen. I feel like I know Zach. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen your mom dance on your Insta stories at the beach. Oh. I just feel like your stories are so fun. Thank you. Have you. Has it always been so easy for you to get on Insta stories? It has not. It was actually my biggest fear. It was my biggest fear. Um, And Insta stories, when video became a thing, it actually was Snapchat was the first platform to really start doing that. Um, And what happened was I had been following a bunch of food bloggers on Instagram, you know, just their, their, their photos, but nobody at that time was really, at least in the food space, nobody was posting pictures of themselves. It, It was all about the food and the beautiful feed. And so the only way that you really got to know these bloggers was through reading their blog. And that was it. And then Snapchat was born and I started following some of my quote favorite bloggers on Snapchat. And what happened was I, you know, you paint this picture of who these people are in your mind because you don't actually know them. Uh, You're just reading their, their work. And so I started following them and some I fell in love with. 10 times more because I was like, wow, they're so fun. They're so much funnier than I thought they were. And I love their personality and I actually get FaceTime with them. And then there was others where I was like, oh, that's like not exactly <laughs> how I thought you were. Surprise. Um, it's okay. And it wasn't a match and, like, and that was okay. But what was happening was that everybody started doing it. And I was like, I cannot do a video. Like there's no way I'm going to go on and talk to a camera. Like public speaking is my biggest fear. Like I'm, I don't like that. Like I'm not doing that. But if I don't do that, I I was only maybe a year into starting. So I was like, if I don't do this, I'm going to fall behind because everyone's doing this. Like video is the new thing. And so I started a Snapchat account privately. I didn't tell anybody. And I literally would just go on there and practice talking to myself and like showing my face and being awkward. Like I wanted to die. It was awful. What? It's super awkward. So you and made then... a, pri- a private Snapchat account and just practiced. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what would you do? Would you like share, re- share recipes on Snapchat and the things that you would do normally? Just You just didn't do it publicly. How long did you do this for? Not that long, maybe a couple of weeks before. And at that time, my Instagram following was not huge. Like maybe I had... I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe it was a couple thousand, but yeah. So I did, I just didn't tell anyone and I would just, I don't remember what I was posting. I just remember like figuring out how to use it and like not wanting to completely die when I rewatched myself recording, you know, I don't know. I did it for a couple of weeks. I announced it to Instagram just on I my feed. I think that's so you, smart though. Cause most yeah. people just get afraid and they don't do anything. And I'm thinking that's actually a really good, I'm over here. I'm like, that's a good idea. If you're afraid <laughs> to show up on stories, like make a private account and start practicing the first time you do it. You know, I'm thinking like for a, a dance recital or something, right? My daughter's been yeah. dancing all week. You wouldn't get on stage without ever having practiced. Yeah. It's um, like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. It's really smart. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're, you're yeah. posting, you're doing these private Snapchats nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a time you're, you decide, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to adapt or die. This is something I want to do. I'm going to figure this out. And so you announced it to your audience, right? I announced it. And then, you know, you announced it only a certain number of people percentage see it. So I got some Snapchat followers and maybe I had 20 people on there, 15 people, whatever it was. 
and Snapchat had the filters and like filters were brand new. Like Snapchat was like, uh, were you ever on Snapchat? Yeah, very briefly, but I was one of those people that was like, oh, this seems hard. I actually remember I started following, uh, what is her name? The Spiralizer Girl. She was the oh, first food, food yes, blogger. Allie. That, yeah, uh-huh. she was the first food blogger that I followed on Snapchat. And I remember thinking, because she, she would do a Snapchat recipe tutorial of every single thing she cooked. And if you know, yeah. if you know me at all, you know I cook like... I eat a granola bar once a week. Like, that's the extent of my cooking. Yeah. And I remember just watching her thinking, man, is this what recipe blockers' lives are like? Doing every single thing you eat, recording it. And I remember thinking, that sounds hard. It's hard. It's, it is. It's a lot. It takes a lot longer to eat and to cook when you're recording it all. But yeah. So what has helped you be, like for people listening that are afraid to show up on stories, what do you feel like are the three pieces of advice that you would give to someone who wants to get started with video, knows this is important for their business, but doesn't know how to show up, whether it's on stories or TikTok or Snapchat or wherever, what would you say to someone? My gosh, I literally like, because of you, like, because I could um, develop my own product, I literally taught a class called Connect with Confidence on like my six tips for this exact thing. So I had to pick three. I mean, oh, it's so hard and it's easier said than done because now that I'm where I am, it, it's so natural and it's so fun. But just being yourself, like being yourself and when you're going on there, really thinking about not speaking to the masses, but speaking to whoever it is that you want to speak to, speaking to that one person, stop thinking about your ex-boyfriend from high school that is watching you because I know that's what everyone's thinking Uh, Um, (laughs) and stop talking to him or to her, like speak to the person who you're selling to or who you're teaching. Because if you can speak to that person, you're going to speak to hundreds or thousands more. Um, And really just literally being yourself, not worrying about, first of all, nobody cares about you as much as you do. Nobody cares. People are judging, but at the same time, they're not really paying attention. So just go out and be you and you're going to attract the right people. Um, And then when you're thinking about like what to post, I would say that people, I always ask people who ask me this, like think about the things that keep you coming back to accounts that you love. So think of like your top three favorite Instagram stories accounts that you never miss every day. Like who do you go to bed at night and make sure that you see their stories and what is it about them that keeps you coming back? And the number one answer is like personality or connection, or I can relate. So like relatability. So thinking about people show up for stories over and over again for three things, I think value. So whether that's like education or teaching something, um, joy, anything that you can do to put a smile on somebody's face um, and or entertainment. So a dance party or relatability something that people can say oh like i can i can so relate to that my house is also a mess so thinking about those three things when you're posting i think will keep people interested and coming back that's such good advice and i remember when we were at um you came to an icon mastermind retreat and we were mm-hmm. all sitting in a circle giving like instagram audits to each other and i remember mm-hmm. you saying this really stuck with me you said you know it sounds 
you, it sounds silly, but I, I feel like they're my best friends. I have all of these yeah. best friends I talk to online every day. And hearing you say it like that, I just thought, oh, uh, of course, that's how you're, it makes so much sense that they feel so connected to you because you feel that same connection back. It's not a one-sided conversation. You know it's their names. Not. You like, you know their kids' yep. names. I feel like you do such a phenomenal job with that and that mindset shift. You're right. Like if your ex-boyfriend's watching, who cares? <laughs> who cares? And also like, he's not your person. So yeah. But also, no, why is he watching? That's also that's why is he watching? <laughs> <laughs> you live your life. You live he your life out. It's his loss. I love it. Okay, so you have so many um, really cool products I want to talk about. So you have a Thanksgiving meal plan that I personally used. It was phenomenal. I hosted Thanksgiving my first time. Had the whole family over, and we bought your. Um, meal plan. I bought the grocery list. You taught me how to Thanksgiving. I feel like you were my mom actually on Thanksgiving, oh, showing that. me how to do everything. You I have, um, I know you have um, other guides for like big holidays. I know you do like Yom Kippur is a big one for you. So tell us about um, what the process of going from a food blogger to d- deciding to launch your own products. How did you decide what to launch, what that would look like? Okay, so this is still a process, just so we're very clear. I feel like last year was the year that... So uh, again, when I first started, the food blogging world was the way to make money was through ads on your website or sponsored content. Those were like the two main... Or affiliate links. Those were like the three main income streams in the way that food bloggers make money. So in the beginning... If you didn't get into blogging when Pinterest was like, you know, super hot, if you weren't one of the first Pinteresty food bloggers, getting your traffic to be high enough to actually make decent ad revenue takes a really long time. I'm five and a half years in. I'm finally at the point where it's actually, you know, substantial to decent, decent to really good money each month. But that took me literally four and a half to five years to get there for that income stream. Um, Sponsored posts in 2018, I was like, okay, this is my year. I'm going to do as many sponsored posts as I can. I have a decent size following. I'm going to hire an agent. Like, This is my year to do sponsored posts. And I did. And it was great. And I made a decent amount of money. And then I was like, oh, I don't really want to just do this all the time. Like, I'm spending all my time, you know, looking for partnerships and I could work with people who I loved working with and I still enjoy doing those, but it was not filling me up the way that I thought that it would. So I was like, okay, now Instagram's totally different. And there's this whole world of selling digital products. And it's so easy. My mom's like, why don't you just make this and sell this online? I'm like, okay, how? Who said that? (laughs) My mom, like, you know, someone who doesn't understand like the online space, they're like, well, why don't you just make this and sell it? I love and it. And I was like, well, that sounds great, but how in the world do you just sell something? Like, there's yeah. so many steps to just even people are like, just make an ebook or just do this. I was like, well, I don't know how and how do I accept money? And I mean, there's so many little things to create a digital online product or a course or something. And I don't know how to do that. It's just like blogging, right? There's a whole bunch of steps that when you first created your WordPress site, you probably didn't really know what you were getting yourself into. No idea. So it was then that I was like, okay, I I don't want to, I still want to do sponsored content when when the right partnership comes around. But I have so many ideas and so many ways that I want to teach. I realize that I want to teach and I want to continue to 
spread my knowledge and continue to to foster that uh, you know giving people confidence in the kitchen like that was my mission that was my goal i had all these ideas of creating some sort of course i didn't know what that looked like but before i even did that i had to learn how to create a digital product and that was kind of that was my goal last year and that's where you came in i feel like you did it phenomenally <laughs> um what, what was the first product that you created um, was it what you so launched in the Icon Mastermind? It was. That wasn't the plan. The plan was to basically create a course, like a like a my. I currently have a Cook with Confidence program um, that I just launched this year. But the plan was to launch that during our, the Mastermind. Um, but the idea of doing the Stress Out the Superstar came up because I do host several or a couple of large. We host Rosh Hashanah and Passover um, at my house. And it's like 30 people. And I had spent the last 10 years stressing out about organizing and planning. And I finally got to a point where I can host 30 people and go out for a walk in the middle of the day because I have a process and a plan. And I would always share it on stories and people were like, how do you do this? And I was like, oh, I'm going to put it into an actual guide so that people can have this. And so that was my first product that I sold. Um, and then I had variations of it where I created like meal plans for certain holidays. And that took me basically all of last year to do. That's a really common story. I think having this idea of like, this is the vision for what I want to start with. And then actually mm-hmm. starting with something else, something smaller, yeah. you know, um, you know, this course that you're talking about, a course requires, honestly, it's more work to create. You've got to create mm-hmm. all these pre-recorded videos and a membership area. And so I love that that was still your vision, but you started with like starting small and biting off smaller chunks and started with this PDF download, this guide, mm-hmm. this it's a, it's an ebook, right? The stressed out to superstar is an ebook yeah. for hosting big events. Essentially. It's got exactly. shopping lists, meal plans. And then from that, you actually created like verticals essentially of this. So there's the general one. And then there's also holiday specific ones, which I think is completely genius. I think it's so, so smart. Thank um, you. Yes. So, okay. Tell me what was the biggest lesson you learned? So all of last year, you are creating these guides Mm -hmm. um, that you add an additional revenue stream to your business. And this was really substantial for you, right? Do you mind sharing Mm -hmm. what what difference it made in your business as you went from ads and sponsorships to also having your own products? Yeah. So I'm an open book, so you can ask me whatever. Um, Yeah. I was actually like crunching some numbers to like look at it myself because it's hard to crunch those numbers when you're in it. But now I'm I'm like 11 months out from when you and I first started working together until now. And it's really eye-opening to look back and to see, not that numbers are everything because there's been so much other growth within my business, but it is kind of cool. So I started, I had the idea after Passover last year. So Passover was in April. And then I was like, I'm just going to make this guide really fast and sell it. And then as soon as I, I sell that, as soon as I create that, then I'll move on to the course. And that was of like, like this time last year. So Passover had just finished and I was like, I'm going to make this guide and then I'll join the mastermind and create the program. Well, creating that guide plus all of the holiday specific guides, the Thanksgiving and all of that literally took me through November. So I never got around to the course, but, um, okay. So the stress out the superstar umbrella with all of the holiday specific guides last year 
I'm like, like, edge of my seat over here. We're like, (laughs) (laughs) I sold like 820 total of like all the different ones, which was like about $22,000. That's incredible. Um, Which, which for me was like, I kind of viewed, I mean, it was like a test. It was like, okay, are people going to buy things? Can I actually make any money selling an ebook? Um, And so for me, that was, I kind of looked at it as like extra money because I had my other revenue uh, streams coming in. Um, So to make $22,000 just on that, I was like, okay, this is like, what else can I sell? (laughs) Like, what else can I do? And not just what what else can I sell, but like, I'm selling this and it's having such positive impact on people. People went into Thanksgiving last year sending me pictures of them literally in a, in their bathtub on Thanksgiving day, because they were so organized, they were bored. And like, that's what fills me up. Like change, like having an impact like that, $22,000 is great, but like, I want people to feel that way. That's 820 so, Thanksgiving dinners that, right? I, and I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever told you this. My grandma and my mom were there and I was hosting. So it's at our new house and we've got all of my siblings there and I'm like doing everything. And my grandma said, I actually don't think that I've ever been this prepared for a meal. This is very <laughs> impressive. Like she was going through your guide and she was, this is incredible. And oh, I've got to admit, it. I did take some shortcuts and the butcher helped me prepare the turkey. And there's a couple, okay. of, couple of things I, we, we cheated on a little bit, but just knowing that you're able to have that kind of impact. And I'm sure for you, getting those DMs from people and the pictures of their meals, like that is why you get out of bed in the morning, right? You can't get that from ad revenue. Yeah, it's exactly. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's addicting. It's like, oh my gosh, like lives are being changed and families are enjoying each other. And it's not just for, like you said, like the host who's doing it, if they're calm, it, it transcends like through your guests. And I'm mean, not that anyone can get together right now anyways, but everybody feels it. If you're calm, if the host is having a good time, everyone's having a good time. If the host is running around stressed and not having fun, it's not fun for anybody. Like nobody it wants to be there. Sets the tone. And it's not just yeah. about family gathering. It's the, it's the memories. You know, I think back yeah. all of my fondest memories with my family were around like big dinners and things like that. Okay. Yep. I want to hear about the moment that you realized that you could sell hundreds of these guides in a day, in a, in a short period of time, make thousands of dollars and do it by helping people. Like where, where were you? What were you doing when you realized like, oh shit, this works? The thing about kind of like my thinking, I remember where I was walking my dog. I remember when I thought of the idea to make a guide to sell it, even though I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew that my process worked. I didn't know how many people were going to buy it, but I knew it would be successful even before it was. And I remember literally where I was standing outside walking my dog. I was like, this, this is a thing like this will work. And then after, and I, and I launched it. So I basically created it in May and launched it in on June 25th of last year, which was the middle of summer where there's no gatherings happening I was just so excited to launch it. Like I technically maybe should have waited till like a holiday or like do a proper launch. I just wanted to get it out. And that was my biggest launch. So I think that one alone, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but that one could have made like, I don't know if it was $13,000, whatever it was in the middle of summer. Um, So then I was like, oh, well, what's going to happen at Thanksgiving? (laughs) Like if I can do this on June 25th, like if I actually have a plan and a strategy, this is a thing. 
How did that change the rest of your life? How did it change the way you run your business? What changed inside of you when you realized that? Well, it was it was then that, and at that point, I hadn't finished the mastermind. So it was at that point where I realized, okay, I want to learn. I can learn how to create my own products, but I have no idea how to market. I don't know anything about email funnels. I didn't even know. I still barely know what a funnel is. Like I didn't know about any of those She has things. several <laughs> successful. Don't let her fool you. Um, I, I knew that I needed help in the marketing and the selling. I knew I had the ideas and I just needed to know how to create them digitally and sell them. So at that point I had help. I had hired people to design everything and to put it into Kartra or whatever the back end was to actually sell it. So I didn't, I didn't even do that part because I just wanted to get it out there. And then I had to learn. And that's when I decided to invest in myself as a business owner, not necessarily a food blogger, but Hey, I need a coach. I need accountability. I need other people who are going through this. And that was what drew me to you and to the mastermind was just surrounding myself with people who were going through the same thing and who were crying every day because we were, (laughs) things weren't working or I, I just, I needed that team environment. Like that's, that's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is doing everything by yourself. This, this is so cool. I, I feel like I know a lot of your story, but there's still so much of this that I'm hearing the first, for the first time too. So it's really cool. There's a couple of things that you said that I want to highlight. One is you've said to me twice that um, you, you had these moments where you just knew this was going to work. First, when you were mm-hmm. starting your blog, when you had the idea for the Stressed Out to Superstar st- super Guide. Say that three times fast. Stressed Out to Superstar. Good alliteration. <laughs> and I think that that just speaks volumes to your, having that mindset that it's not, is it going to work? It's this will work and I'm now going to go find a solution. And that's something that mm-hmm. I've just really been impressed by you um, I just feel like you have that that mindset of okay, once I decide, and you you have a slow burn. I'm much of a quicker action taker, but you have a slow burn. Like it's taken you six months, a year to make some of these decisions. But when you decide, your mindset is okay. It's gonna work. It's just a matter of how. And the other thing is this whole idea of launching before you're ready. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs, okay, we're gonna have the perfect launch two weeks before Thanksgiving, right? I'm going to be so prepared. Like we're waiting so long to get this done just exactly perfectly right. I actually love that you did it in the middle of the summer. I love that. You made me. It was because of you. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. (laughs) It's great advice. Um, But I just think this, this, the moment you do it, whether it's the right time or not, you get that confidence underneath you that, okay, this Mm -hmm. can work. This does work. And that belief is instilled in you because you can't, none of us can predict the future. So it's better to fail fast and fail Mm -hmm. forward and figure it out than to just kind of wait on it. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. really cool. I hear from a lot of people, don't launch in the summer, don't launch at this time. It's like, whatever, launch whenever you want to launch. The most important thing is just that you put it out there and see if it works. Um, Okay. Something you mentioned about working in a team environment and crying. I would love to hear about a time that growing this business has been really difficult for you and how you responded to that. Because I definitely think we all know there's those moments of crying on the bathroom floor. We've all been there, but it's not something that people talk about a lot. So would you mind yeah. sharing what one of those moments was like for you and how you got out of that? Gosh, with so many moments, like how do I pick? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's been, I think part of, um, yes, like I'm definitely, I definitely struggle with perfectionism and like wanting everything to be the right time. And I've, I've gotten so much better. Um, but for me, part of my struggle kind of going from traditional blog to more of an entrepreneurial like business owner, um, 
is that my business is not just selling things and selling programs and selling courses. I still have like a being a blogger alone is a full-time job. So keeping up with recipes every single week and editing photos and, t- and doing photo shoots and writing blog posts, like that is a full-time job in and of itself. And so then to add on learning how to create your own products and sell and launch and funnels and all of that, it's like, and be a mom. And it was, it's too much. Like it's, it's too much. So I think that's part of like my slow burn. Like I, I literally don't have the bandwidth or the headspace to do it all. Um, and I think that's part of why my journey has been a slower growth just cause I don't have the time. I think that's like really common though, that we feel like we're all feel so spread thin. And I think I'm listening yeah. to say this and I hear this from everybody who's already running a successful business. It's really mm-hmm. hard to to slow it down or step away from things that are making you money to go learn how to do new things that can take you to the next level. And in my experience, it's been that way every time. Like in order to get to the next level, you do have to decrease your revenue, right? You have to stop taking one-on-one clients to start launching group programs. There's there's going to be a trade-off there in that growth period. And so I think that's really, really normal. And something I hear from our mastermind members a lot is just like, I don't have the time, but you made the time. I want to point that out. You made the time and figured it out. So um, maybe tell us, because you do, I feel like you balance so much. Still, you're running the blog. You've got two adorable daughters. Um, I feel like your husband, Zach, I feel like I know him. We're good friends. <laughs> best friends. <laughs> yes, best friends from your instance. We've never spoken. Actually, that's not true. I did meet Zach no, one time. Z- yes. I did. We met one time. He was lovely. How, how do you feel like you're able to find time for other projects and balance, you know, balance growing your business and everything else that you do, being a mom and your family and your blog? Um, help outside help. So definitely not, it's not possible to do it alone. It's, it's really not. And in the beginning, you can't, you might have to at least some things, but first and foremost, I think I had, so when I decided to join the mastermind and to be put in that environment, it was like, okay, something else has to give. Right. So like I wasn't doing as many sponsored posts, like that was my time to focus on still keeping my blog alive so that my business was still running Um, but I'm going to kind of back off of sponsored posts a little bit. Um, and then as I don't know how things started to grow, but they just did. (laughs) And then slowly just bringing in help. So like literally as of this week, I now have like a small team and it's crazy to think about like a month ago, I didn't have all this help, but you basically get to a point where just stress is slowly, slowly building. And I I got to the point where I was basically paralyzed and couldn't do anything, couldn't get anything done because I had so many things I wanted to get done that I couldn't do anything. And it was like, if I don't get help, then this is not going to work. And I thankfully, because I had spent all last year creating products and, you know, basically throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what stuck. And I, I've built up enough rather than investing in like, a mastermind right now, I can invest in the help because I have such a clear vision of where I want this to go, which I did not have. Like one year ago, I was like, what am I doing and what is happening? And I need guidance and help to figure out what I want to do. I am there. And now I have such a vision of what's to come. And I have brought people on to help me get there. And it's like, 
I was crying yesterday because I was like, not because I was so overwhelmed, but it was like, oh my God, like I, I can like, you know, the song I can see clearly now, like that is basically how I felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know how, how it's going to look or how it's going to happen. And it's going to suck a lot of times it's going to be hard, but like, I'm going like it's happening. Oh, I love it. I feel like that's something that everyone can relate to that point in your business where it's like, if somebody gives me one more ball, like everything's going to fall, right? There's too many things in the air. And that's one of the reasons that I'm personally so passionate about digital products and scalable products, especially as a mother, because if you can bring in the revenue to support team members, then Mm -hmm. you have that time freedom to be able to really focus on the things you're excited about. Um, If you're going to start over today, I would love to hear what would Lainey do? What are like the core things you would focus on to build a business from the ground up? I mean, you say this all the time and just, just taking messy action and just going and seeing and learning from your mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed. I don't know that I would do much different, but if you know in your gut and in your heart that what you have to offer is good and can help people, you just have to you just have to go, like, just go. And don't worry about, you know, if it's going to work, if it's not like, you just have to go and see what happens and then learn. Every single day is a learning curve and just keep going. (laughs) Just keep going. I could not agree more. And I would uh, be remiss not to ask you because I hear from food bloggers all the time about this. And I would love your perspective on this. Mm -hmm. Um, For someone that's starting today or just starting to scale today, do you think that the market is too saturated? Do you think there's too many food Instagram accounts? Do you think that it's too hard to start today? No, definitely not. Um, A thousand percent. No, I mean, it's more saturated than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. But There is plenty of room for all of us, no different than any other space, business coach or fashion blogger or whatever it is. There are so many people in this world who need your help and who need you and someone, I mean, how many freaking banana bread recipes are there on the internet? Yet it's helping thousands and thousands of people and someone can like my banana bread and they can also like yours and that's okay. I love that you used a food analogy and a (laughs) Corona-specific food analogy. All of the banana bread memes right now are killing me. I I completely, completely agree. And I think that you are such a good example of this. You know, you're not the first person to create a Thanksgiving guide or a meal plan or... Right. The people aren't coming to you for your banana bread. They're coming to you for your banana bread because of you. Like, people are trying my banana bread because of me as a human, not because I make banana bread. You can find banana bread anywhere. That's why they're trying mine because they, they've built, I've built a relationship with them. So when I tell them that my banana bread is the best, they over time can know that they, they can trust me and then they make it and they realize that it's the best, but it could take them. I have people who've been following me for three, four years who have never made a recipe of mine. They just, they're like, I love your feed. Well, have you ever made a recipe? <laughs> Never, but I love you anyways. Like, okay. <laughs> what I feel like here? I'm the guiltiest of this because I completely agree. It's just so fun to watch. Okay. So for people listening at home that want to connect better with their audience, because you're so phenomenal about this, I would just love to end on like a quick mini lesson from you. If you were building an audience right now, or what are some of the things that you do? Is it sending DMs or ways that you show up on story? How can people connect better with their audience and build those relationships? So rather than thinking about the 10 followers that you have or the hundred or the thousand, 
followers that you have as a number, can't like close your eyes and picture a room. So if you only have 10 followers, like picture a room, maybe it's your bedroom and picture 10 human beings in that room. Those are 10 people. Now picture a room with, you know, an auditorium with a hundred people or a stadium with 5,000 people, whatever it is, every single number, every follower or quote, every number is a human, unless you're buying robots, which don't do that. Um, but they're, they're humans. So treat them like a human and have conversations, respond to every DM, um, do a voice DM. Like that's what changed the game for me. Um, but treat these people like humans, get to know them, ask them questions. I mean, I learned this from you, but find out, find their pain points. What are they struggling with? And then solve their problems. Like it's really that simple. Thank you so much, Lainey. This was incredible. Uh, for you. everybody listening, where can they find you? How can they get the Stressed Out to Superstar Guide? Tell us what's the best place for everybody to go next. Um, Instagram, mainly. Um, I'm at Life is But a Dish everywhere. My website, lifeisbutadish.com for all my recipes. But yeah, pretty much mainly on Instagram is the best place to find me. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Lainey on Instagram. If you're not already following her, she's so much fun. You're going to love her stories. I can also attest the recipes are phenomenal and 10 out of 10 recommend for your next Thanksgiving or holiday gathering. Lainey, thanks so much for coming on. It was so fun chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class.